opportunity today to come together to worship you, to love you, Father. Lord, we just invite your presence into this room. Father, we thank you for breakthrough today. We thank you for healing, for touching bodies, for raising people up, Lord, yes. for releasing hope in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord together. Stop the Lord. 
Judah He's roaring with power And fighting our battles And every knee will bow before Him Our God is the Lamb The Lamb that was slain For the sins of the world His blood breaks the chains And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb Every knee will bow before Him praise you in this place we thank you father god for being our deliverer lord we thank you father that you set the captives free we thank you father for your resurrection power father we thank you for being king of kings and lord of lords we just thank you and we praise you father god in the mighty name of jesus It's your body and blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, y'all sing this song. There's a table that you prepared for me. In the presence of my enemies. It's a body and blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. Oh. And I believe that you have overcome. And I will lift my song of praise for what you've done. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I, in the valley, I know that you're with me. Your goodness and mercy will follow me. So my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battles. Oh. And I believe that you have overcome. And I will lift my song of praise for what you've done. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. Come 
on, if you're not dancing to this song and giving the Lord praise for how you fight your battles through the hardest moments through praise and worship, we should be stomping our feet, clapping our hands, waving our hands in the air. God, we just thank you for allowing us to overcome every single battle that we've been through. We've been through fire. He's refining us each and every day, purifying us, making us perfect. We should be singing and praising and shouting. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Come on, sing this out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. Jesus, I surrender all. 
love, for your joy, for your peace, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, that you haven't forgotten about us, that you're with us. need to you today. And we thank you for your supernatural touch in Jesus' name. And everyone said, everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Why don't you greet your neighbor and you can be seated. Thank you so much. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. There we go. Good morning, New Hope Church. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Sarah. And for those of you who do know me, well, my name is still Sarah. But um, we're glad that you're here this morning. If this is your first time with us, we welcome you. You could have been anywhere this morning, and we honor you, and it is a privilege to have you here in the building this morning. If this is your first time watching online, we welcome you as well. It's very evident, right, that God is up to something here at New Hope Church. Amen? And saying that, we want to let you know about a few things we have going on here at New Hope Church. Amen? Now, all of my well-acquainted friends, you already know how this is going to go, right? But my new friends, we're going to take you with us. So I'm going to say get excited, and you're going to say it after me. Get excited. And then I'm going to say get involved, and you're going to say it after me. And then all together, we're going to say, the best is yet to come. Amen? So let's try that. Everybody say, get excited. Get involved. The best is yet to come. Amen. Again, we welcome you. This is your first time with us live or online. It's a privilege to have you here. We're going to have a great time today. Last week was an amazing Sunday. We trekked across the parking lot to the Family Life Center and had a good time of really good food. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I had to be rolled out of there. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, it was just such a good time together. I think pictures are going to be posted of that later, so make sure you get on the Facebook page and take a look at those. We had a really, really good time, right? And then uh, Tuesday, the men's group met at Taco Ray. Everybody say, God bless Taco Ray. 
They had a really good time. We thank all the men who were able to be in attendance. If you weren't able to be there this time, we encourage you. It's the second, is it the first or the second Tuesday? Second Tuesday of every month, the men will be meeting. So make sure you keep, we apologize. We were just making sure everybody was paying attention. Amen. It's the first Tuesday of every month. The men will be meeting somewhere, either here at the church or around town locally. So fellas, make sure you keep your eyes and your ears open for that. And if you weren't able to be with them last time, I encourage you to make plans for the November Tuesday. Amen. And then ladies, please remember that your small group is scheduled for October the 18th. That's the third Tuesday of every month. See, got to pay attention around here. You don't miss something. But make sure if you have any questions about that, just find one of the ladies here in the church. We're going to be meeting in the cafe and we ask that you bring a snack to share. Okay, so ladies, mark your calendars for that. And then also, please remember that Vision Sunday is scheduled for October the 23rd. Uh, Pastor John is going to be um, going into detail about our past, our present, and our future about a church, about this church. And we want to make sure that if you call New Hope, your home church, please make plans to be here. That'll start at 11 o'clock, okay? We're also going to update the membership database. So it's important, again, that if you call this church, your home church, that you please, please, please be in attendance. Amen. And then Friday, October the 23rd, 21st, it's hard, y'all, to talk a little. October the 21st is our next Bulldog home game. If you're interested in volunteering and helping with parking cars, you can see Pastor Jeff about that. And make sure you meet here at the church at 530. That's October the 21st. Amen. And then don't forget Family Sunday is scheduled for the 30th of October. We'll bring you more information about that as that time approaches, right? Everybody say it one more time. Get excited. Get involved. The best is yet to come. God bless you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to greet you this morning, and I pray you enjoy the rest of your service. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. All right. Good morning, everybody. Aren't you glad to be here today? It's good to see everybody this morning. Those I know, those that I don't know, welcome. Glad to have you today. Those watching on Facebook or wherever you may be watching, welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here today at New Hope Church. I want you to go to um, Jude this morning, the book of Jude. And if you don't know where that's at, well, just go to Revelation and go left, and you'll find it. Uh, Jude is only one chapter. Um, but I want to I talk to you just for the next couple, about 30 minutes. It's 1130, about 30, 35 minutes on a topic that I feel is very important as we move forward in who we are as a church. You know, we've been talking about hope, right? Yeah. Right? right? And so um, uh, I kind of I finished that in a sense last week, but I'm still kind of bring it up. Um, and so, but this morning I'm going to look at something different that we have to be mindful of and careful of uh, as a church body. And so uh, I'm going to have a few different... Um, trails of thought, so just bear with us, bear with me as I set up my foundation this morning. Uh, Jude uh, chapter, well, the only chapter number one, um, and so let's look at verse number three. It says, <clears throat> and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, okay? So it says this, Dearly loved friend, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God through the apostles has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. Who are his holy believers? Thank you. 
All right, verse 4. And there have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in Scripture a long time ago. And they have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality and turn against our Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to remind you, even though you are familiar with it all, that the Lord Jesus saved his people out of Egypt, but subsequently destroyed those who were guilty of unbelief. In the same way, there were heavenly messengers in rebellion who went outside their rightful domain of authority and abandoned their appointed realms. God bound them in everlasting chains and is keeping them in the dark abyss. Verse 7, In similar way, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and nearby towns gave themselves to sexual immorality and the unnatural desire of different flesh. Now they all serve as examples of those who experience the punishment of eternal fire. Stay with me. I'm going to bless you. Verse 8. In the same way, these dreamers corrupt and pollute the natural realm, while on the other hand, they reject the spiritual realms of governmental power and repeatedly scoff at heavenly glories. Let's go down to verse 30. And it says, these people insult anything they don't understand. They behave like beasts by doing whatever they feel like doing because they live by their animal instincts. They corrupt themselves and bring about their own destruction. Verse 12, these false teachers are like dangerous hidden reefs at your love feast, lying in wait to shipwreck the immature. They feast among you without reverence, having no shepherd but themselves. They are clouds with no rain, swept along by the winds, like fruitless late autumn trees, twice dead, barren, and plucked up by the roots. They are wild waves of the sea, flinging out the foam of their shame and disgrace, and they are misleading like wandering stars for whom the complete darkness of eternal gloom has been reserved. Now, that's a lot going on in, that, in, that, in those verses there, yeah? Why am I bringing it up? is because this is talking about where the church is today. The church there, there's folks in churches, have preachers who have churches, who have turned the gospel of grace into a license to do whatever you want to do. We don't believe in that, right? We believe that um, we don't sin because we just love our fathers too much to sin. We don't intentionally go out and have party and drink and smoke uh, weed and do whatever, we'll do whatever you want to do. Because why? We don't need to because we love Jesus. Our love for Jesus is greater than our need or our desire to do fleshly things. It doesn't make us more holy. It doesn't make us more, you know, look at me, I'm, you know, great. But it makes us understand that, that we're not controlled by our fleshly desires. And so, now, will you mess up from time to time? Yeah. Will you say a word you shouldn't say from time to time? Probably. You will stumble sometimes. Yes? Doesn't mean you're going straight to hell. Right? I mean that Jesus, Jesus still loves you. But you just got to do better. You just got to do better. The problem comes is when you try to keep what you used to do, when you try to keep that behavior in a saved 
new creation suit. Right? Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Let me, let me try to help myself. I didn't, I didn't have breakfast this morning. Bear with me. You can't live a, a sinful life and yet still claim you're a lover of Jesus. It's like it's like it's like it's like me saying I want a uh, a doodle. You know what a doodle is? Those dogs that are anyway. Anyway, and just Google it. But then I go buy me a, bull, a, a pit bull. They're two separate things. One is a little more rambunctious than the other one. The doodle is a little bit more lovey-dovey. The bull, pet bull is I'm gonna get you. Not all of them, but some of them. <clears throat> you can't love Jesus and still act like the world. There's got to be a difference. I've got to be able to know that uh, you're in my family. Yes? Now, I understand that there's times in one's life where they just get saved and they're still learning. And we're all still learning. But when, when you come to this altar and you give your life to Jesus, everything in your life is supposed to change. <laughs> Repentance is not just a moment of crying and you know, laying on the carpet and, and, oh, Lord, have pity on me, what was me. It's a complete getting up off the carpet and changing everything about your life. It's making sure that... that my friends and family know I'm not going to go meet you at Irene's after church. Is that still around? Is that, isn't that over there? Isn't that a bar down there? It's gone now. Thank you, Jesus. hope those people find great new jobs in Jesus' name. Um, but you still, but you, still you, you, you change your behavior. Your patterns change. Your pattern has to change. All right, follow me. I'm good. So here we see here, Jude is talking, this, this chapter is talking about leaders who, who come in and they, and, and, and they stay, they're, the, the Bible says they're, they're hidden at your services and they're lying in wait to shipwreck the immature. So here's the problem is that when we begin to grow as a church, by next year we should be at 150 sustained every Sunday. And as we see, you guys look around here this morning. There's some folks that are missing, but, but you're leaders. You're the core group. Yes? You're the core group of Hope Church. You're the one that I'm going to depend on to help raise up the next generation. And so we've got to become mature enough to know when someone is here that's lying in wait to wreck the immature. We've got to know that because we are all uh, shepherds under the great shepherd, we need to use discernment to know that we're living in the last days and the enemy's going to try everything and anything to disrupt what God is trying to do. Okay? It says these people are clouds with no rain. Clouds. When I see dark clouds begin to gather, I immediately think, up. Oh, it's going to be a southeast Texas thunderstorm. It'll be gone in 10 minutes. But here this says, they are clouds with no rain. They hold nothing of value. It says, they're swept along by the winds like fruitless 
autumn trees, twice dead, barren, and plucked up by the roots. So in other words, they, 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 they act the part, they've got that look about them, but there's something wrong on the inside. Their values are off. I said their values are off. Now let's, 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 let's uh, transition now, and let's go here. I want to define a few words real quick, so I'm going to use some words this morning um, to help establish what I, where I want to go. The word reform means to make changes in order to improve something. The word reformer means a person who makes changes to something in order to improve it. So we have the word reform and reformer and the word barrier. Everybody say barrier. Means uh, an obstacle that prevents movement. And so what I'm talking about out of Jude are individuals who are like barriers that are restricting others from moving forward. They want, they want the immature, if you will, to stay immature so they can do whatever that person wants them to do. They act as if they're leaders in a church but really have no authority other than the self-proclaimed authority. Beware of those type of people in your life. Beware of those type of people. As we begin to grow as a church, we have to become aware of those types of people. Are you hearing me? Why am I saying that? Because I've gone through this as a pastor where I've seen people get raised up and get haughty and arrogant and prideful and begin to try to pastor people in the pews. So we as mature people need to keep our eyes open and make sure we understand who labors among us. Hallelujah. Jesus isn't coming back for a powerless and scared church. He's not coming back for a bride who lacks passion, who lacks um, authenticity. He's coming back for a glorious bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle. The world around us wants to see the church of the living God become silent and wants us to uh, be hiding out in our homes, hunkered down in fear. Jesus' purpose on this earth was to disrupt religious and political cycles that cause people harm. His primary mission was to seek that which was lost, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to announce freedom to those in, in chains. That is what we are called to do as Hope Church. Nothing that Jesus did on this earth was passive. Jesus moved in great power and in great authority. In Jesus' day, there were controversies like they are today. There were some people who supported particular leaders and others who supported other leaders. And then you had the Pharisees that, 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 who tried to keep their power in order for, for them to keep their power. They didn't care what they had to do. So when Jesus showed up and started performing miracles, baptizing people and gaining influence, he represented a threat to the religious system which had become a political establishment. Are you with me? 
It's dangerous when a, when a religious uh, organization becomes a political establishment. You see, this religious system had lost the heart of the Father in pursuit of building the kingdom of their own ideology and opinion. So Jesus comes and shows up as a reformer. And he comes knowing that he was sent by his Father to bring reformation to the world. That is lost focus. I want you to go to Mark chapter 5. A media team, you, may get, you guys may have it, 5 verses 21 through 24. And I want to kind of show you something here that I find interesting. Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 24. You got it? Everybody have it? Yes. All right. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands upon her so that she may be healed and she will live. So verse 24, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him, and thronged him. Now let's say this. Look at this. Jairus was a religious leader. He was a ruler of the day. He was a leader of the synagogue at Capernaum. And a ruler of a synagogue uh, is an official appointed elder to look after the building, that type of thing. So it sounds like a preacher to me. It sounds like somebody who was appointed to look after a church. So Jairus comes to Jesus. Uh, the, and Jesus was controversial at this point, and the Pharisees and Sadducees argued uh, uh, with and falsely, of course, accused of Jesus. They said Jesus had a devil, and we remember that another ruler of a synagogue got mad because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. But I want to say this, Jairus was a different type of leader. Jairus was a different type of leader. He was willing to move outside his religious barrier, if you will, and he went to Jesus. Nothing else helped his daughter. He needed Jesus to come and lay his hands on his daughter. Notice here that, 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 that Jairus said, Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jairus already knew as soon as Jesus walked into the, the room, his daughter was going to live. It doesn't say that she might be healed. It says that she will be healed and she's going to live. So here we see Jairus is breaking out of this barrier. And Jairus not only sought the manifest power of God, but put a value on the presence of God. He put a value on the person yeah. of Jesus. And he wanted Jesus to come to his house. Yeah. Jairus invited the king into his dwelling place. So here is this synagogue ruler breaking some rules. So Jesus comes to Jairus' house. Jesus sees the, the commotion and the emotion. He sees the weeping and he hears the wailing. And he walks in to the door and says, Why are you guys going crazy over this situation? This is Pastor John's paraphrase. Why are you guys so upset? He's the, Jesus says, This girl's not dead, she's just asleep. 
They, and they laughed at Jesus. So what did Jesus do? He kicked them out. Grabs the girl's parents and those who are with him and enters the room where the girl is at, takes the girl by the hand and says to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose, walked, and the Bible says they were greatly astonished. So number one, Jesus looked beyond the natural realm and he saw into another dimension and what he saw was life. Jairus said, Jesus, my girl is, 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 is basically sick and she's going to die. I need you to come to my house. Lay your hands on her so she can live. Jesus walks into an emotional moment. If your kid was dying, you would be emotional too. And announces to them, I saw something different. We're going to speak life into her. And the girl rises, rises from the dead. Are you with me? Jesus declared what he saw. And I believe that God is speaking to us today and saying, look into another dimension and declare life. Last week, we talked about releasing hope. And there are situations that you're looking at today that needs God's hand of hope, the breath of life, to be breathed into it. And I believe the bride of Christ, and I believe our church is moving into her finest hour. God is releasing boldness to those who will receive it. God is releasing a greater level of faith to those who will receive it. Imagine how crazy this must have been for those who were hanging out at Jairus' house. This family is staring at a cold, dead body. Jesus walks in, boldly proclaims she's not dead, kicks him out of the room. And may I suggest to you today that Jairus' daughter is a representation of today's church. A sleeping church. Not this church. But there's a, the body of Christ that, are, for the most part, is asleep. Oh, it has lights and it has smoke and the band, the band sounds good and you're in and out in an hour and everything looks great, but there's no, there's no power. There's no anointing. Everything's a show. I remember back growing up, we, um, I, I shared this a couple weeks ago about the, the sermon I preached on um, characteristics of a New Testament church, and I, and I mentioned how growing up they used to, we, we used to have, uh, what were they called, y'all? Praise dancers. Sarah, what were they called? Were they called praise dancers? Worship, whatever they were called. And they had streamers and ribbons, and it was, it was quite something. And uh, they were all in their uniforms and their whatever you want to call those things. And, um, and they would accuse us of, of having a show, right, Brother Carl? Y'all remember that? those days they said that's a show well we didn't have the smoke back then we sure didn't have the lights back then and so but what they're calling today's church it is a show I mean I, I and I'm not saying it's a bad thing but when you're focused when you're when a church is focused on entertainment rather than the presence of God then it is a bad thing But I believe God is waking up a remnant. God is waking up a remnant church and a, the real church who's going to stand up and be, like I said last week, the hands of hope. 
the hands of hope. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter number 5, verse 25. Mark 5, 25. Are you there? It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? His disciples said to him, You see the multitude, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. A few things to note this morning. Number one, we see, of course, we know that she had an issue for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. The very people who were supposed to help her, she suffered from. And they said that she suffered many things. Number three, she had spent all that she had and was no, bad, no better but grew worse. Wow, what a, what a story. She had an issue for 12 years. The very ones that were supposed to help her solve her issue couldn't solve it. They made, they made other issues. And then number three, she had spent everything she had trying to get healed. And the only answer she could find was Jesus. It sounds like our world, all they need is Jesus. Quit spending your money on everything else. Spend it on Jesus. Give Jesus an opportunity to touch you. She gets a revelation. She hears that Jesus is coming to town, and she says, if only I can touch his clothes. If only I can just touch him, I will be made well. She has to make a decision. And some of you this morning, some of you watching online this morning, you're going to have to make a decision. She can either let her issue dictate her life, or she can arise and go see Jesus. She decides it's time to get up and get going. So she makes her way through the crowd, pushing, probably pushing people out of her way. She was probably really desperate. I can see this woman being a desperate woman. I can see this woman elbowing people and trying to get to Jesus and just touch something of Jesus. See, when you're desperate, you just don't care. I said, when you're desperate, you don't care. Taylor and them were desperate this week for God to touch their mother. And guess what? God did. I said, God did. From a doctor that said, you have liver cancer and it's far gone, we can't help you, to, wait a minute, she doesn't have cancer at all. Come on. They touched God. They were desperate for God to do something for their mother. God heard them and performed a miracle. Because God does that. That's who we serve. Mark 5, 29 says, And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. 
She felt it in her body that she was healed. One moment in the presence of God changes everything. One defining moment with Jesus changes everything. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. He doesn't even say, I did this. <laughs> he says, daughter, your faith did this. Because you decided that I wasn't going to be depressed. Because you decided I wasn't going to let my issue, dic the issue dictated her life for 12 years. And finally, she woke up one day and got some good sense about her and said, you know what? This is the day everything changes. And some of you need to get up and say, you know what? This is the day everything changes in my family and in my job and in my life. You need to get desperate. We've, the church has lost the art of desperately seeking after God. He says, because you acted on your faith, because you stepped out, because you decided to forget the past and to reach out to your future, because you didn't allow the crowd to intimidate you, because of your faith, you're healed. And may I suggest to you this morning that I strongly believe that God is saying to us as a church that it is time to act upon our faith. Our faith. It's time to do what this woman did and to decide to forget what has the past and the injustices that we've been dealt and to reach out to our future who is Jesus. One more, uh, and Mike, you can come. One more scripture, Luke chapter 7. <clears throat> Pastor Jake, can you give me my water, please? <clears throat> Luke chapter number 7 talks about a lady. Thank you. <clears throat> Luke 7, verse 36. I'm going to read out the New King James. Luke 7 and 36 says this, the, the, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her, the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. And now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke, to, uh, he spoke to himself, saying, The man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. <clears throat> now, now remember, he said this to himself. Verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay... He freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. And he said to, them, said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of the hair. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. 
Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Verse 49. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is he? Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So what do all these people today have in common? They broke some barriers. They, they, they had great faith. They, they broke barriers that people had put them in. They, 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 and then they got into a desperate situation where they needed Jesus to show up. Let's stand. I'm going to close. What do these people have in common? Number one, Jairus broke the barrier of religion which broke death off of his daughter, the next generation. Are you hearing me today? He broke the cycle of religion. He got out of his little group and decided, you have done nothing for me. I'm going to go to the, to the real deal. I'm going to go to Jesus. Number two, the woman with the issue of blood broke the barrier of circumstance. She said, I'm not going to be bound by my issues anymore. Jesus, you're going to touch me. And she made the decision to, to end the cycle of her pain. And this woman that we see, this sinful woman, the Bible says, comes into this house, breaks an alabaster container, and begins to worship Jesus. And she breaks the barrier of intimidation and the fear of man. And what do we get out of this awesome story this morning? Is this woman in the middle of a moment, interrupts the moment, and realizing that this act that she's doing to Jesus right now is going to cost her everything. And she begins to worship. She washes his feet with her tears and wipes them with her head, kisses his feet, anoints his feet. This woman broke the rules. This woman shouldn't be there. And I believe the Lord is saying to us this morning, it's time to break our container of worship. It's time to break the barriers that we put around ourselves. It's time to break the barrier of intimidation, the fear of man. It's time, to, it's time to come up higher. It's time to go to the next level. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our church. I said we thank you for our church. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for the new season that you brought us in. We thank you, Lord, that you called us to be the hands of healing, to be hands of hope, to be able to release your presence and to release life and life more abundantly to our, to our cities, to our states, to our region, to our families, to our jobs. Lord, I thank you. You've called us for such a time as this. Father, we're not going to let the barriers of our past dictate how far we go. But God, we're going, to, we're, we're, we're going to excitedly move forward into what you have for us. So every head bowed and every eye closed in the room today, you can lower the lights just a little bit, but I still need to be able to see. If you say, Pastor John, this morning, I've been dealing with the barrier of religion. I've been dealing with the, the barrier of circumstance. I've been dealing with the barrier of intimidation. 
Just raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. I see you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. I see you. Come on, I see you. My issue's been dictating some things, Pastor John. Religion's been dictating some things. So, Father, you see all the hands that were raised. Father, I ask you, God, begin to deal with each one the way that you would. Father, let, let, let your power and your glory and your enablement, Father, let it rest upon each one. Let them have a fresh encounter with you. Let hope arise in every heart. Let faith arise in every heart and in every family. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to grab an offering envelope. We're going to get ready to give this morning. There's an offering envelope in the back um, seat pocket there behind you or in front of you. If you're going to write a check today, write it out to New Hope. Thank you so much for giving. We appreciate you. Look, we believe in tithing. We believe in giving to missions. We have seven missionaries, eight, that we support on a monthly basis. So your, your tithing, your offering helps us support them. And so we greatly appreciate you giving this morning. You can also use text to give. Uh, the, the information is on the screen there. Um, uh, and then, of course, when you leave this morning, there's the offering receptacles in the back. Just place your envelope in there before you leave. Uh, let's go and do our de offering declaration this morning. Are you ready to say it together? Yeah. Let's do it. Say, today I give back a portion of what God has given to me so I can be a blessing to others. Through this giving, the word will be preached, lives will be changed, and the kingdom of God will be advanced. My God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I believe your word to be true in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Again, thank you so much for being here today. If you need prayer, come this way. I'll pray with you before you leave. If not, have a great day in the Lord. Have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you.